You're listening to the Business of Pharmacy podcast with me, your host, Mike Kelzer. Well, good morning, Paul. Well, good afternoon here in London. I was going to say it might not be <laughs> it might not be morning for you. How's the day shaping up over there? Uh, yeah, it's pretty good. It's uh, it's sunny. We've had a lot of rain here this summer over in the UK, um, but it's uh, today it's it's bright and sunny, so uh, we're back on track. Paul, you have just told our audience why the two of us don't quite sound the same. So you're over <laughs> in uh, you're over in England. That's right. Yeah. Have you always you've always lived there? Yes, I've always lived. I've, I've done a bit of travelling, but for the last uh, twenty years, I mean, I was, I was uh, born and, and grew up in London. So yeah, pretty much all my life, I've, I've lived over here. Oh, that's cool. So, Paul, tell the tell the um, listeners for those that haven't come across you, introduce yourself, and um, tell the listeners what you do right now. Who are you? Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm, uh, I'm I'm Paul Lowndes. I'm a co-founder of Media Farm, and uh, Media Farm is an online training platform for pharmacy business owners. And what we do is train and and manage um, support staff training for pharmacy business owners in order to deliver fantastic customer service. So, in a nutshell, that's what we do. Paul, who are your customers? Is this going to be um, over in the states? We call them independents and versus chain pharmacies. Is it all workers from all different? It's both actually, predominantly independents, but we do work for the national chains as well. Um, so we, we we cater for both audiences. And how did you how did you start this up? What's your background that mm. you're now? You know, making videos for pharmacies and how to on, on, on how people to serve people. Yeah, well, I mean, my my, my journey is uh, I, I started off in sales, so I worked for a trade magazine called Chemist and Druggist, which I think is the oldest sort of pub- publication for for pharmacists. So uh, so it's got a long history. Uh, it's still published, but it's online. It's an online magazine now. So I I worked there. I was the, the sales manager. There. We sold. Um, uh, advertise, I, I sold uh, essentially the, the advertising and the sponsored um, training pieces in that magazine. Um, and we, I, I left there and I set up a consultancy with my partner who is a pharmacist and also worked at uh, a Chemist and Druggist. And she was clinical editor. And, and we started off work, creating content for uh, the national chains uh, and, and for pharma companies who wanted uh, training materials and training guides to an accredited standard, but actually delivered results. So that, that's where we started. So it was a small consultancy-based business. Um, of course, back then it was all paper-based. Uh, so, but but now we have the online training platform. We, we deliver into over five hundred uh, pharmacy businesses, and it's all it's all done on, online, and um, it's it's all it's all tracked, and and, and we, we we focus on um, making sure that not not just the training content's good, but all the all the tracking facilities there. Because uh, I don't know if it's what it's like in the, in the US, but in the UK, it's 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 highly regulated, and there's a there's a certain 
amount of compliance training that has to go on. So over and above the customer um, uh, staff training, there's an awful lot of compliance training uh, and, and that increasingly has to be done and tracked and, and, and evidence wow. that, that you've, do- you've documented it. Now, when I think about accreditation, um, what level are we talking here? Are we talking also about the um, the sales team member that might be selling a candy bar to somebody? Is it everybody in the pharmacy that is required to have training? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, I mean, if you are working in a pharmacy now, um, even if you're just behind the counter, uh, you are expected to complete a a six-month accredited course. It's called called the Medicine Count Assistant course. Uh, Wow. Not not, not very imaginative title, but that's an accredited course and you have to do it. Um, And increasingly, even delivery drivers are now being um, required to do a certain level you know, communication skills um, wow. in, in order to push up the quality. Yeah. That's really interesting. So um, in, in, in the U.S., um, the recently, at least in Michigan, and I'm not sure across the country, but recently the pharmacy technicians have had to be certified. Right. And, um, and it sort of comes down to Anybody who basically touches the medicine, actually touches the the tablets, has to be certified. It's very fascinating to hear that that the UK requires training actually like on customer service, basically, right? Well, it's it's more – That's really something because in the States, it's like I always think that – well, everybody thinks they're the best, but I think my little store maybe has better service than somebody else. I can't prove it, but that's at least what I think. And mm-hmm. so it's like, good. Let the let the free trade take care of that. The per- Mrs. Smith no longer wants to go to that pharmacy because they're rude and they mm-hmm. don't know how to treat people and let them come to our pharmacy. But it's really interesting to hear that that's um, – mandated through training in the UK that's really fascinating and I'm not saying it's it's bad by any means it's just really fascinating I never thought about that before yeah yeah uh, I mean it, the, the technicians are now required to register as pharmacists do uh, and, and that's all taken care of so there's a there's a continued professional development requirement CPD requirement for pharmacists and technicians so that that's that's a professional qualification but anything below technician um, then then you are required to do the accredited training and it's more than just customer service that, that that's that's part of it but it, it goes down to um, uh, pain allergy uh, an understanding of all those conditions and and I think I the see. thinking behind it is that um, increasingly pharmacies uh, were, were starting to sell more over the counter medicines so this all came about in the in the mid 90s so uh, a, a level of competence to, to understand common conditions and and treatments and a- I see so when when someone comes in and says you know they have a certain uh, ailment at least the person has some idea what's what's going on exactly exactly so that that's a big part of the training so it's it's about yeah. understanding medicines uh understanding the, the, the treatments and, and basics of common things and then as well as wow uh, you know almost kind of like the almost kind of like the very first aid part of it before they go and would ask the pharmacist a question yeah 
That's that's right. That's right. And 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 uh, and the reason they wanted to do it was is is to try and free up the pharmacist's time. So instead of the pharmacist oh, continually being called out to say, right, you know, can you know what's the best thing for hay fever or what's you know right, I, you know the basic questions the the the, the assistants can deal with. Uh, but it was felt that that needed to be some sort of qualification, which which is universal. So if you if you um, and, and I think that was the other thing because of course everyone used to get some sort of informal training, like you, you, you're talking sure. about there. Um, and of course, some would argue, well, you know, nobody really killed anyone <laughs> prior to the nineties. So yeah. there's this whole debate about regulation versus you know just common sense. But I think the the idea was to come uh, to, to make that that um that position perhaps a little bit more of a formal thing and and, and right. assistants can then move around and say yeah, I'm qualified I'm a, it's it's re- recognized qualification medicine counter assistant qualification and that that's a benchmark that you can take from pharmacy to pharmacy and you can work yeah. anywhere with that Hey, that's really cool. Now that you know that that, that explanation, um, boy, that really that really makes sense. Um, like I know, I know in our fam- pharmacy, and I don't think that it's a, I don't think it's a rule, but we we've made one in our own pharmacy. We say that that the if the customer comes in, you can show them where, where things are. Mm-hmm. But if they have any medical question, that this should come up to the pharmacist, etc. But I know that before we had that procedure in place, and I'm imagining in pharmacies across our nation that it's all different. In some cases, you've got the pharmacist being, let's say, interrupted, which it's not an interruption. It's a customer. But let's just say mm-hmm. it's an interruption, for lack of a better word, by every question. Yeah. And then in some pharmacies, you maybe have a somebody who's been there for a week, you know, yeah. um, diagnosing something short of, you know, yeah. a, a migraine or heart failure or something like yeah. that. So that's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, what's happened over time, it started just with the medicine counter assistant course. And then they added on another bit called the dispensary assistant. So that allows them to work in the dispensary to help with, with pharmacists sort of assembling prescriptions. They'd be like the technician, as we call them on our on our end. Yeah, that one below the technician, but able to support the te- te- technician, I suppose. Oh, um, I see. And, and what? How far? How far are they? below the technician what's an example of what they would do to help the technician the dispensary part well you can so dispensary would be more just not actually assembling the 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 prescription but but more just being able to work behind in the dispensary either gotcha stop taking stock in putting stock away doing basic basic things uh in the dispensary but not actually Getting involved in the prescription, um, gotcha. But you can't. But you can then go up to what we call accuracy checking uh, technician, which oh. is which is not a full technician, um, but again, it's an accredited course and allows you to then get involved in, in, in the assembly of the prescription with with the, with the pharmacist uh, doing 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 the final check. So um, so you can get you can, and, and and then where does the full so then the accuracy technician and then where does the next technician level? What are, what are they allowed to do? Well, the technician allows. But it can basically do what a pharmacist can do, pretty much. Gotcha. Um, you know, w- without being a fully acquired ph- ph- pharmacist, so they can actually put put the prescription together. Um, but but increasingly, it's become that, that's quite a, like a management role. So what we're seeing in the UK is, oh. is technicians getting more involved in hospital. 
uh, where they've oh. got a much more independence because because actually the, the yes. lines have blurred. So what? So if you've got a pharmacist there, what's a you know what's a technician do? Because they're basically almost interchangeable uh, now. Yes. Um, yes. So the, the skill mix actually makes it more sense to have a pharmacist um, and, and an accuracy checking technician to actually delegate the, the sort of you know day to day stuff, and that's increasing. Yeah, what's what's happening? Th- that's in, but in but in the hospital, that's where yet yeah, the technicians are are more like they can even do more that that. Um, it's a little bit more spread out and things yeah, like that. Yeah, they, they, they have a much more wider role. It's, it's more of a management role. It's seen as, uh, you know, it, it really is seen as as quite a, an important role um, within a hospital primary care setup. Yeah, I'm afraid with all if if the U.S. did all those levels, they would have a pharmacist, and then they would have one called a lazy pharmacist, <laughs> and they would put me into that role. <laughs> what? Um, Paul, on the six months, can can the can the person start in the pharmacy before the six months training is completed? They can, but they they have to be enrolled on that course with, within the first three months of working. Gotcha. Um, so they they can uh, they can be employed sort of on a preliminary basis, given some basic induction training uh, and understanding yeah. about it. But but they must have enrolled on that formal qualification within within three months of, of starting yeah that role seemed really cool especially from a um um i don't personally do the hiring at my store anymore but my chief of operations does a great job but sometimes you know when you get a technician in in the states how they're certified you know they have a certain um level about them but it's neat that there's that you could actually hire somebody in that's already trained like as a you know counter person Mm. and and know that they have that that level about them so that's that's really cool yeah tell me um tell me back at the um uh back at the early magazine you said you were – were you selling something that was related to the training somehow? Were you selling ads or something or, or something related to the training? Yeah. So, so when we started out – when I started out, it was just straightforward ads, trade ads in, in, in trade magazine. And then increasingly, the manufacturers started to become uh, what they used to call edu- – they, they were interested in, in, in educational marketing. So it's deemed to be of, 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 of greater value than just – straightforward an ad for a, a product so we used to work with manufacturers to develop training programs sponsored by the big manufacturers like gsk and pfizer and uh, people like that and so and that was maybe because that was because some of those rules started coming down and they were then they thought hmm. well let's let's merge that yeah that's right and and i think there was a uh, just an awareness that that the, the there was a from a marketing perspective you could you 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 would get more value in, in training sure. uh, people up about the products and, and understanding why it's different and and uh, what the value was to the customer so it was a, be, a deeper level of engagement mm-hmm. um, that 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 manufacturers wanted and and so we started to to do more of those sorts of things sponsored educational products um, rather than just plain 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 ads. Yeah. When did when did you and your partner um I, I'm always kind of intrigued by like the first sale or, or like kind of that thing <laughs> like, oh wow, we got something yeah, here. Yeah. When did you 
um, when did you finally say like, well, this is going to work? Yeah. You know, was, was it after you had already written some of your material or when, when did you like say, wow? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's interesting. I, I still remember that first call because it was very much like, you know, it'd be great if we could spin this out into some sort of business. And, uh, and I saw an ad, uh, I, I remember seeing, I still remember it in the, in the magazine and it was an editorial about, um, a company that was launching a, a training platform for their products and stuff like that. And, uh, they were going to have all these great, training modules on there and uh, so I, I thought uh, I'll ring up the agency and just see if they wanted some help with, with writing the content um, so I picked up the phone called them this was back in the day where you could pick up the phone and, and, and people used to answer <laughs> <laughs> before, before you warn, now. before you had to, before you had to warn them with a text that you're going right. to call. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, use yeah. the phone. It, it's rude. It's, it's rude if you do not text somebody now and say I'm going to call you. That's so right. I don't That's know. Right. No, no one answers the phone straight away. No. Um, so uh, and and I got straight through to this, la- this 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 PR lady and she said, "Oh, thank goodness you called." She said, "Because we're doing all this stuff, we have no idea." <laughs> How we're going to do it? So they put all this press out to say we're going to do it, and then they were going to go right. Now we've got to figure out how to do it. So you know, it's just one of those luck. I lucked out, you know. You know, yeah. And uh, they, they they were hoping that they were really advertising for for you, yeah. even you know, secretly. That's great. That's great. And then. And then you did it for you did it for them, and then eventually you started more running it out on your own. Then, right? You started doing your own sales of it. Then, yeah. So that that, that was a good good while later. So it was t- twenty ten um, that that we actually invested in our own platform. And, and, and what was happening is that you had more and more manufacturers uh, doing more and more amazing things, but they were all on their own platforms. Um, mm. So, so what you got was, uh, you know, more and more information, more and more content. But increasingly, it was it was getting more and more um, splintered and, and, and scattered a, a across everywhere. So you had multiple yeah. logins, and you know, um, right. com- combined with the fact that increasingly pharmacists had to show that you'd recorded it. So, so what yeah. our thinking was, well. Wouldn't it be great if if actually you turned it on on its head and sort of had had one place where all this content could could sit, um, right? And, and 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 a lot of the content we have actually also sits outside of, of our platform, but but we can sure. track it. So so from a pharmacist point of view, it's almost like the internet kind of you know uh, right curated, I suppose you would call it. Sure. Yeah. Um, how, how, how did you, um, let's see, 2010. So if you started that in 2010, you could, you could almost be advertising that online. Is that where you did it or did you go to some print magazines and that still too? Um, no, we never, we never went through, through print. We used to, um, advertise it online. We did a lot of trade shows, uh, in the oh, early trade days. shows. Yeah. Gotcha. So we signed up a, 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 a lot of pharmacies, uh, that way. Um, and, 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 and that's really where, where it, where it picked up from. Yeah. Okay. Paul, trade shows. I walked down the trade show and I don't go to them much anymore, mm. but I walked down and I got all these people <laughs> staring at me <laughs> and I feel like getting like, uh, um, you know, I, I feel like pretending I, I'm, I, I have a sight disability or something yeah, so yeah, that yeah. no one thinks I'm looking at them. How, how do you do, what do you do at a trade show to, um, do you have any tricks of the trade or, or do you, um, 
or, or do you stand there and kind of wait for people to come up or do you give, uh, you know, snicker bars away or something <laughs> like that? Yeah. I mean, um, we, we don't do so much of them now because uh, I, I think they have become you know, much more of a circus. And, and but, but back, Oh, I see. They, they, they maybe weren't in the past as much. It, 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 was, it was a little bit better back then. And also we were, <laughs> we were doing something very different. They, you know, we, we were the only players in the market. So it's, it's got a little bit yeah, more crowded right. back, back then. But uh, yeah. But yeah and, and also we... Our strategy was we, we, we hooked in with the, the people that put the trade show on. So when you signed up, you got a free learning account and then people were interested in, in kind of uh, – so, so they were signposting uh, them, you know, them, them to us as opposed to us sort of, you know, waving something yeah. and, and, and getting people – yeah, just literally – It's kind of like they gave them the bag and they're just coming to you and filling it yeah, up so yeah. with, and, and, with stuff. And I have to say these days, you know, my, my attitude, those, those sorts I, – I, I quite like the small ones where they are really focused and, and we yeah. do a couple – we do a great one as one that, that have just come back from, which is much more of a, a kind of a, a closed network where you get to speak sure. to people. But it's literally they invite sort of 25 suppliers, 25 um, buyers, and it's much more oh, kind of yeah. – yeah, those things I think work. But I think I think now the big trade shows, I agree with you, unless you've got tons of money and you go, you know, here yeah. I am, and you, you literally are prepared. If you if you are one of the small guys, you know, the, the chances of someone just walking up onto your stand and, and, and actually doing business uh, – you know, Yeah, I, 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 wonder what the, I, I wonder what the future of – I don't know much about trade shows at all. I know some, I, you know, some might go up. I wonder if they'll go down just like mm-hmm. I know a lot of local service groups and business groups and that. Like we used to meet in morning business groups for our neighborhood, this and that. Yeah. And those are gone, I think, just because of the internet. I have a friend um, who makes bird feeders mm-hmm. and uh, plastic bird feeders. He moved over from the um, uh, uh, automobile industry because that was so – competitive and he makes these bird feeders and they only really sell at trade shows you know he's put them in he's put them in bird stores and online and they just sell at (laughs) trade shows so i guess for some it's it's still a good thing but um i just i just don't care for them um paul what kind of um what kind of competition do you have to be concerned about and i imagine there's got to be some competition to keep your prices in line or else you could charge a million dollars if the if the training is required so what is the competition what do you have to be concerned about or Mm -hmm. things like that yeah so, so we have a number of players in the market because it's an accredited course it does it does mean that uh, they're, they're, it does restrict the competition uh, because it's quite an onerous thing to go through. But there are, uh, I think, two or three other um, accredited training providers. I think it's three. No, actually, I think it's four who are accredited to, to deliver the courses. So, so you're right. There, there is, you know, that that sort of benchmarks the price, and 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 the pricing of the courses are. Are all, are all pretty similar, but what we've tried to do because we were we were the um, you know relatively new entrant um, you know when when we actually you know started to get into um, the the whole kind of accredited course business, um, and and the thing that we do differently from everyone else traditionally, 
course providers will sell you a course and and and, and you know we did for for many many years so you 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 phone up you you say right I, someone's started in my pharmacy i need to buy this course as you say um sign me up and, and that's traditionally how it how it worked what we've tried to do is sort of move things on a little bit and and, and with our platform what we do is 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 we've moved towards a subscription model Hmm. Because, you know, what we used to see is, is people used to, you know, it was very reactive, you know, I'd buy this course, I'd buy that course. Um, and, and as the number of courses that you have to keep track of has increased, people want not just the course, but somewhere to actually monitor what they're doing. Sure. And, and so things like SOPs, internal training, a lot, a lot of fine. So you mentioned, you, you know, you, you train your own staff. A lot of people mm-hmm. want to do that as well. But they they want it all in one place. So so what what yeah. what we've done is said right, you know, a bit like Spotify, a bit like Netflix, you know. Sure. Um, you pay us a monthly subscription. I um, see. And for that, you get unlimited access to all the courses, or just yeah. rather than buy them separately, just get so a bit like Netflix. Rather than buy a rent a DVD, you just pay yeah. it, and you've got you've got access to the whole library. Plus, you can upload your own content. And we'll even provide you with basic kind of servicing. So you, you, you've got your own personal training platform, effectively, with all your accredited courses already preloaded. So that's in contrast oh, that's to where our competition is, which is, um, uh, hey, you need an MCA course, you know, buy it. Yeah. And then you won't hear from us again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. When you were talking about the Netflix, over in the States, there's a term um, – it might be a little ris- risque, but I think it's called Netflix and chill, where <laughs> yeah. it means it, it means you know it means you're probably going to do more than watch Netflix. Yeah. You're probably going to maybe snuggle on the couch a little bit. <laughs> but I wonder, I wonder how Media Farm and chill is going to <laughs> if, if that's ever going to catch on. But maybe this is a romantic <laughs> pharmacist that they'll that, that tell us that that would be interesting. <laughs> you never know. You never know. Um, do you have a market? Um, so, like in the U.S., there is not a mandate for the for the lower counter person, but there's mandates now for um, t- technicians and and pharmacy continuing education sure. and so on. Do you have a market outside, or have you? I imagine you've looked. What is the market outside the the U.K. Um, and, and and do you switch around to meet those different markets and so mm. on? Yeah. Um, so so where we see the sort of growth of it because um, you know the, the accredited stuff really you have to do so so we we want sure. to get people through that as quickly as possible not because it's 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 it's, it's bad but um, because in terms of actually adding value or, or, or pounds to the bottom line it doesn't matter how many courses you, you go through. That that's not going to actually deliver any any, any sort of extra revenue. So yeah, so right. we automate that. We get that all set up. Where where we see the real growth is in new services, professional services. So in the UK, so over here, most pharmacists derive most of their revenue from the NHS. So they get a dispensing fee for every prescription they dispense from the NHS, and traditionally. Ninety-five uh, percent of all the revenue from pharmacy was was, was came from the NHS, um, and, and that's the uh, that's the country's health 
conglomerate. That's right. Yeah. So our, all our health services are are free at the point of uh, access. So you don't pay for doctors. Gotcha. You don't pay for prescriptions. Well, you, you, you do pay for prescriptions, but it's like a flat fee of ten pounds or something. Sure. Um, yeah. So 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 all health services are are are, are free. Um, and so, so pharmacies are effectively part of the NHS, even though they're privately owned. They get their revenue from um, the NHS, the, the, the national um, healthcare provider. But they are cutting back, uh, you know, like like everywhere, on um, on on costs, and and, and they are that, so the dispensing fee is getting less and less. Um, so for pharmacies to grow, um, that th- they need to start to look at more. Sort of, consumer private healthcare opportunities and that is around um, new services such as travel clinics um, such as um, health checks diabetes or vaccinations, vaccinations and those kind of things yeah that sort of thing therapy management Thera- those kind of therapy things therapy management um, yeah um, all sorts of new areas are opening up for pharmacies uh, and it's just emerging because they're, they're moving from a place where nine, as I say 95% all came through the NHS now it's dropping yeah um, and yeah and, and and not just dropping but but the, the value is getting less plus you've got of course technology so you've got all you've got increasing automation coming in from, uh, from from robots and things like that so so suddenly this idea there's also a threat everyone's worried about Amazon coming in and, and, and taking yeah, right. over the whole kind of you know delivery of medicine. Yeah. So all that's yeah. happening in the backdrop. So so um, plus online, you've got online pharmacies over here as well, of course. So yeah. so the, you're, you're, you're getting the same conversations as as, as all retail, high street, you know, bricks and mortar businesses is what's the point yeah. of difference between you and online? Point of difference right. is the people, is, is, is the face-to-face yeah, contact. Same- that that's the same. Um, ours is more privatized uh, in the U.S., but it's the same exact, the same exact story. I mean, parallel to to what what you guys are seeing over over there. It's um, yeah. It's it's the shame. The shame that I see is that I was just talking to a, a friend yesterday in pharmacy, and it's like, it's like. Everything's getting squeezed and, and the costs are coming down and mm-hmm. it's it's you know, it's not the same as it was, but it's not because we've solved anything. I mean, the, I know like in the US at least the average lifespan is down, the heart disease is up, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. It's like we haven't really solved anything mm-hmm. in all these years. It's just everything's kind of changing because of price, but not because like we've We've solved death. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. de- death is still there. <laughs> We're just finding ways to yeah. go about it cheaper, I yeah. guess. And, and, and over um, here, you know, the, but, the, the, the big problems are, I guess, the same as the US. You know, the big killers now are cardiovascular disease um, and yeah. diabetes. So, you know, yeah. they, these are lifestyle um, diseases because people are, you know, doing the wrong thing, getting lazier, yeah. eating the wrong stuff. Um, maybe finally, maybe finally. You know, if, if things crash a little bit or change, you know, people will start to understand that more. You mm-hmm. know, I don't know. We've gone through whatever, a hundred years of pharmacy and, and it seems like the, all the problems are still, you know, all the medical problems are still kind of there. Mm-hmm. Paul, what is your what does your day look like typically um, as far as 
waking? Do you go into the office? Do you do this? Do you put in any time at night? Are you traveling? Kind of stuff. What is what does your day look like as the um, as the the head honcho? Yeah. So so what we do so uh, every, every month uh, I have a series of uh, online meetings with with our key customers. So they they really give us some feedback as to to you know what training, what the issues are, you know what we what what, what new content we may need to to create. So mm-hmm. so we have that input and then over that that month typically we'll be looking at creating new modules new content or updating things um with with a view to releasing that over the the next uh, you know next period um portion of my time is spent on on the actual systems administration um, and then we have um, system, you know, the, the actual development of, of, of the actual platform itself, uh, and the, the rest is um, sort of you know just looking after customers really. You know, so I'll be doing this type of thing. I'll be um, talking at, at conferences, uh, do do a fair bit of writing, sort of you know content creation blogs and that type of thing, where we we have to you know solve sort of problems and things like that. So uh, I, I mean, I'd say sort of twenty thirty percent of my time is is spent travelling. Um, and then yeah, the, the rest is 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 in the office. Um, so yeah, you know, it's it's a, you know I try to divide my day up into you know doing doing my sort of um, sales stuff where possible in the morning. Yeah, uh, and then sort of operational stuff in the afternoon. Although uh, yeah, it, it never, never just, quite goes to plan. That, <laughs> yeah, no, it never goes to plan. I just watched a YouTube last night about the. Um, you know how you end up like, and I was, it was like midnight last night and I'm ending up looking at like airline crashes or something like <laughs> yeah. that. But I, I started an hour earlier though, for some reason, looking at um, the low cost airlines. And it was saying that in the US, the low cost airlines are like maybe 25% or 20% less than the, the main ones. But they were showing, um, you know, a map of the, the, your area over there. And they're just showing how, how low cost some of those airlines are compared to mm. the main airline. So are you, um, are you hopping on those little, little things or, or are you driving to a lot of your stuff? Uh, no, I mean, fortunately most of the businesses in UK actually. So I, I would, yeah, I would so you're, take the train. So we have a great train net- network over here. So yeah. I will use the train, but, uh, but yeah, we, we, we have the low cost airlines. So uh, if I do need to go to Europe, so I, I was in Spain uh, a couple of months ago, Portugal, um, heading out to france later on so you know yeah we, we you know for those sort of short short haul flights yeah we, we can jump on yeah quite and, and they are i mean yeah, quite. the crazy thing is it's cheaper often to, to to fly to spain you know for, for sort of under 100 pounds than it is to jump on the train <laughs> and, and it's probably it's probably you know in the old days you thought of like planning a flight but it's almost probably like a like a bus fare, I mean, you can decide pretty quickly and then yeah. make that decision within yeah. a day or two and still get low yeah. low rates. Yeah. Um, Paul, what is your um, – where do you guys see yourself then in in 10 years, just more – more ingrained into the, uh, you know, more ingrained into helping your base? Yeah, I mean, I, I see ourselves becoming, you know, personalizing the service more and more, but essentially becoming, you know, the, the, the sort of the training partner for, for pharmacy mm-hmm. businesses that want to grow. Um, because yeah. we, we believe that, you know, 
the training going forward, training the staff to offer great customer service is the only way that pharmacy is going to survive. Like, like, like a lot of you know bricks and mortar pharmacies. You know, the you know, pharmacy, yeah. the, the customer has got to want to go there. Rather, clicking online will be so easy; it will get easier and easier. So, why, why would right. you want to go into you know take the hassle to get into town and, and see someone? It's because you're getting a great experience. So, so yeah. our focus is on training the staff to deliver that. Um, and and ensuring you know that it's as easy as possible, it's as simple as possible, and 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 to and to get get pharmacies to to realise that that the that, that training isn't you know it, it, is a is a is a revenue earner because yeah one of, one of the sort of downsides of ha- of having this regulatory environment is people see training as a cost, so therefore sure. I've got to do that because. I have to because yeah. I'll be, you know I'll be out of business if I if I don't tick the box. Right. But then but then that's it, you know, just so doing what's required. Whereas the way that we see it and the way that, that you know we've shown works is that if you train your staff every day, um, every week, every month, then then that in itself and you're focusing on things which 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 the business is is focused on so so what are what, what what's what's the business plan what are the key things that are going to drive the you know have you got training to do that to deliver that then that's that's yeah. the line and that's what's going to create you know create growth so that that's really yeah. our driver to to to, to provide the, the pharmacy businesses which up till now haven't had that facility because you just can't afford to no if you're a small business you can't afford your own training platform with all the content right. all the, we can't do it so so yeah. if we if we are providing that and and we can we can we can help educate you into into learning how to use it effectively you've got a fantastic tool then to go out to the marketplace and develop these new services and and, and to fight back against online yeah, and, and and people uh they see the they see the training as part of their satisfaction because it's it's probably you know it's kind of that back and forth where if you use what you were trained on and then see the customer satisfied and so on it kind of goes back and forth. Yeah, and, um, and millenni- millennials I think increasingly expect it as well. You know, when we started people used to say well, you know, no nobody's interested in training, no one wants to do it, you know. But of course now the right. millennials coming up, the first thing they say is what training do you offer? I mean, that's actually yeah. How yeah? How come I was left without training? You know, where where does the, where does the employee typically where and when does the employee typically do the training? I'm assuming it's you know on some device with maybe headphones in or something. Are they doing that like at work or on their own or? Yeah, it's it's, it's a mixture actually, Mike. Um, uh, but but what we see increasingly is is people doing it in their own time. So, oh. you know, when we launched, you know, the big concern was, you know, how people are going to have time to do it. But but actually now, a lot of people actually prefer to do it in their own time. So uh, you can access the, the platform on, on, your, on your phone, on your tablet, you know, laptop, whatever. So some people still do it in, in the pharmacy and, uh, and they may use a laptop there or, or even their, 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 their own sort of uh, PMR system to, to access it. Uh, but uh, we see it with an increasing amount. And actually the weird thing is, if, if I see the, the analytics, people never believe me when I tell them, but the, the most popular time for people to complete the training is actually on a Friday night, seven o'clock on a Friday night. No kidding. Now, <laughs> no kidding. It's just maybe they're wind down their, yeah. well, I, I told you it's, it's their media farm and chill, Paul. <laughs> I, I told you that. I told you that. Now the question is, does it go till midnight? Yeah. You know, that's, that's the question. 
well, and I think part of it might be too is that it's it's a transferable degree. Yeah. So so where where if it was just training for this store, mm. then they're like, well, I'm doing this for old man Smith who's out on the yeah. golf course as my boss. But with this, because it's transferable. I compare that sort of to like in the states, like our technicians studying for their um, recertification. Yeah. They don't relate that so much to just our, you know, our our pharmacy. Yeah. Um, Paul, what kind of what kind of um, you know worries or hurdles or things that are kind of a a pain in the rear to you? Do you do you kind of wish were you could eliminate from your your day i guess um i i i guess the the, the sort of the bits that i'd, I'd love to t- take off it, it would be around you know the, the you know the software issues and programming and that ah, type of thing yeah um because you know that that's the bit you know i mean I, I i love dealing with customers i mean you know sales is what i grew up with so i i, I love sure. that bit of it and i love solving problems right. and i love being able to sort of say right okay we've got a solution here i love that what what I struggle with a little bit is then putting on my analytics hat on and, and, yeah. and or programming hat on. I don't program, but I, I have to understand how program the programmers yeah. work and, and try right. to document that and, and, and then, you know, do, do all that. And that's, that's the hard bit. And then invariably, you know, you can imagine with a platform like this, there's quite a lot work under yeah. the bonnet and, 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 yeah. and you, 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 you're trying to sort of update things and, and then, but also keep, keep it the same but improve it and and that bit you know i know how that goes yeah we had that our the best example of that for me is our house our our wood floor in our house was getting kind of scuffed up a little bit and you just kind of ignore it and pretty soon you like you say all right we got to do something so you hire this company Mm -hmm. in and they come in and they end up putting down like you wonder if they've ever done it before. They put the wrong <laughs> shellac down, so it's showing every footprint. It's like, why did we? You, you have to do it, but you don't. And I yeah. imagine with software, it's the same. Where you you maybe make one tweak here, and then yeah. you know it's got this down the line. You just you just messed up. You know, ninety yeah. percent of the other stuff. So it's all connected. So you gotta yeah. do some, but keep some the same. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's right. And there's a great uh, there's a great cartoon actually about you know trying to brief in an IT project, and, and the idea is you know you're trying to you know, create a swing, and it goes through all these iterations, and, and the thing that comes up yeah. is, is this is uh, swing with sort of three ropes, and it, you know it's kind of weird, <laughs> weird stuff, and you go and you say, well, what's this? And the, the programmer says, well, well, that's what you what you asked for, you know, that was the brief. Yeah. Yeah, but for you, it's going to look like that. Yeah. Why don't you apply yeah, yeah. your common sense? But of course, I understand now the programmers, you know, they have to be like literally, you know, it has to be specced out. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. a different, and there's a lot of stuff. Um, I was talking to a programmer, a, a brother in law of my new brother in law, and, and uh, a lot of the, you know, a lot of the programmers get in there and they want to like, change everything just yeah. to get like a period to come out in a spot and you're like no i know that this is the old system and it takes like one thousandth of a second longer for this to happen but the customer doesn't know mm. we're going to keep it like that yeah. for now yeah. and it drives it them drives them crazy <laughs> <laughs> so paul if you had uh 
in closing, I'd like to ask this so we dream a little bit. If you had like a year sabbatical right now where you could not like work on the business, mm-hmm. you just had to refresh yourself. Not that you need it, but let's let's say, what would you be doing? How would you be spending a year if you couldn't touch the business at all? Mm. God, what a great question. Um, do you know what? I, I, I would love to do a bit more traveling. Uh, I traveled a bit when I was younger. Um, I've done a little bit, you know, uh, just recently. And, I, you know, I, I, I still love that, going to cities and, and uh, you know, just going from one place to another. Um, and also uh, just, just somewhere – a little bit sort of, you know, near, near a lake, near some mountains, a little bit kind of, you know, a bit quieter, I think. That's sure. a bit more kind of back to nature. I think that's that's increasingly, you know, I, I, I'm drawn back to, to, to the simple yeah. things of life. Yeah. I don't know if that's I an think age we thing could all, or what. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think we could all I, – I think we could all use that a little bit more – I think we all as much could. as I love technology, you know. I, I I think you know it's nice to have that counter, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it sure is. Paul, tell the listeners. I know that we're not marketing right to them, but tell the listeners what's the best way to get a hold of you if they want to say hi or have a question or something like that. LinkedIn, or yeah, yeah, I'm on LinkedIn, so you can look me up on LinkedIn. That's that's fine. Um, uh, that's probably the, the the best way, Mike. If if anyone wants to get in touch, yeah, LinkedIn, yeah. Yeah, say to our say hello to our new friend across the across the pond yeah, over there. Yeah, no, be be great to to catch up with uh, anyone from from the US who's yeah. interested in, in uh, talking to us. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, Paul, thank you so much for your your, your time. It's it's really nice to meet you, and I'm looking. Uh, I, I'm glad to say now I have a friend that's uh, that's over in uh, England. In case I ever have to run from the law over here, I'll know where I can hide. <laughs> You'd be very welcome, Mike. <laughs> I might take you up on that. All right. Thanks, Paul. Okay. Okay. See- Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Business of Pharmacy podcast with me, your host, Mike Kelzer. Please subscribe for all future episodes.